Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Jason Grice. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 62. 62. Now, Jason, tonight we will be talking about something that we almost talked about last week. Right, right. So this would be Green Lantern number 55 and Green Lantern Core number 49. Now, before we go into anything, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna go into it in depth, but like last episode, I I played up that that backup story pretty heavily. You did. Yes. So now, without giving anything away, because we'll get to that once we get to the end of uh, the issue. Okay. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, dude, I didn't really care for it too much. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll get to that because I don't think you're alone on that one, but we'll get to it. Okay. So, Green Lantern number fifty-five. Here we uh, we have uh, an awesome intro where you have Crispus Allen, who's kind of like uh, going up to uh, a cow that's been completely slaughtered, and you know he announces that he feels its rage, and you know he realizes that it's the rage entity, and now the Spectre apparently is going after the rage entity. Then we cut over to New York City, where Lobo is basically fighting with Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Atrocitus, uh, Star Sapphire, Carol, Ferris, and Sinestro. So they're having this huge, enormous fight. Uh, Hal gets kind of a telepathic message from the white, like, I want to say, like, power battery. Because this doesn't look like the... uh, this doesn't look like a regular power battery. This looks like a central power battery. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically saying that uh, you have to listen to Atrocitus. So, you know, Hal continues to fight with Lobo, and all of them basically team up to, to fend off Lobo and save Atrocitus, who appears to be Lobo's target. And fighting, fighting, lots and lots of fighting, punching. We get to see... Uh, an interesting little scene with uh, Dexstar, the Rage Cat. He's fighting with Lobo's dog. Um, you skipped over Las Vegas. Fabulous Las Vegas. I just say that because I'm here. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, okay. In, in a tiny, like, one panel... Um, <laughs> The reason that Atrocitus is uh, sticking around is because he's looking for the the rage entity, the Butcher. And, uh, you know, he makes basically like an offhanded remark that he's there to find it before whoever took Ion and Parallax gets it. And we we already know that the entity is, uh, where is it, Montana? But we know that we also know that the the predator, the love entity, is in Las Vegas, and we see this little, you know, character that's been stealing the entities is in Las Vegas, and then it goes back to more fighting. Is that is that enough, Jason? Did that works. As long as you say Las Vegas, I'm good. Okay, Las Vegas. Throw it in there an extra time. So yeah, Lobo's dog. Does the dog have a a name? I honestly have no idea. Me neither. Yeah, more fighting, and then <laughs> once everybody teams up, he's basically like, uh, okay, that's it. I'm out of here. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, so uh, Lobo just up and leaves, and they're kind of like, well, that didn't that didn't seem right, but uh, okay. And then, you know, last page of the story, we find out that Lobo was contracted by Atrocitus to basically stage the entire thing to put, like, all the other cores on Atrocitus' side for his mission. And the payment to Lobo is a Red Rage ring. Right. Okay, did I cover that? Yeah, absolutely. Nicely? Okay. I, I liked it. I mean, <laughs> I just kind of, like, stumbled through that entire synopsis. But, but I you know, I, I liked it. It was a good issue. It's No, it was a good issue, and you haven't seen Stumbled yet until we get to uh, Green Lantern Corps. Oh, <laughs> But uh, I, yeah, I mean, like some of the some of the interesting talking points in this are the the fact that the the Spectre is now going after the Rage Entity, right? Um, which is interesting because you know the 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 impression that I got after Blackest Night was that the Spectre wanted nothing to do with the Rage Entity. Yeah, he seems scared crapless of that thing. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, if you want to go up against it, you're gonna lose. Because I went up against it, and I didn't fare too well. Right. So, I mean, it does make you wonder what is in Montana. The whole Lobo fight. That, that's that's more or less like a face value fight. You know, like it's, oh, let's bring in Lobo and have a big, you know, rough him up. Right. The uh, You got the white power battery, which, like I said, it looks like a central power battery. It doesn't look like a regular little power battery here. Now, do does the I forget does the central power battery have a handle? Uh, yeah, yeah. All the power the central power batteries should have handles. Okay. But I don't know, like just from the the angle that they do it, the way the base looks, the base is so much larger than the top. I mean, it could be the the tiny little battery that's in Silver City, but you know, we don't really know because the perspective is not. There's nothing to show us the perspective here. Right. If they had showed us, like, and actually that may be, like, what they're going for, because it could very well be that there is a central power battery. And they just don't want it to divulge that yet. Exactly. You know, this could be like, hey, you know, we showed you, but you didn't realize that it was a central power battery. I thought Sinestro's construct that he took out Lobo with was kind of weird. Yeah, it was, uh, we got the the hand. Yeah, the skeletal hand. And then you have, was it machine guns? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he wasn't really bringing his A game. Yeah. I wonder, you think he's part of it too, or you think it was just all solely atrocities? I think he, no, I don't think he was part of it. Although I think that it may very well be that he caught on to the fact that it wasn't as serious as Lobo normally might be. Right. Now, are you aware if Lobo's crossed paths with any of the Lanterns before? Well, I'm pretty sure that... Let's see. Wasn't it Lobo that helped Guy Gardner get Sinestro's ring? I'm honestly not sure. Uh, it's It's been a while since I've read that. And it's it's kind of you know skip my memory at this point, but I'm pretty sure that uh, 
yeah, that that's how, you know, that Guy Gardner needed some assistance and it was Lobo that helped him. I could be wrong, but yeah, aside from that, I'm not really sure. Oh, there was the other thing, the Omega Men connection. Which is? Which is there was some kind of Omega Men crossover with, I don't know, Green Lantern and the Guardians and lots of weird stuff happened that may be having repercussions now. <laughs> that's right. that's about as specific as I can get because I just I, I haven't gotten a chance to, to research that one yet. But there was yeah oh oh it was the uh the offshoot race the the scions I wanna say. Yes. Mm-hmm. The lizard like scions um which is from Green Lantern. It was uh, a race that the Guardians had experimented with also from the planet Maltus, and uh, they wanted to clone Lobo or some other Zarnian or something like that so that they could harvest his blood and cloning abilities. I don't know. I, it, it gets a little hazy after that, but I don't know. We'll see. It's just that there's the Lobo connection there to the Scions, and the Scions right. connected to the Guardians. It's like seven degrees of Lobo. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that, that's basically what it is, seven degrees of Lobo. You can right. attach Lobo to any character in the DC Universe in less than seven degrees. Nice. One thing that I did like was... Uh, so you're trying to say that Kevin Bacon should play Lobo in a movie? That could work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like Kevin Bacon. He could play most most characters, I think. Yeah, he'd need to hit the gym pretty hard. CGI, man. CGI. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They could even C- CGI the goatee onto him. There you go. What did you think of the artwork? I liked it in a lot of places, and then there were some places that were just kind of weird. The only thing that, I mean, I, I liked the majority of it, but Carol just looks horrible. Um, in every spot except for the, the the part where Lobo's whispering in her ear, what do you really? Yeah. But other than that, she looks. I, I really don't care for her his rendition of her. It's it's almost like she she lacks a lot of detail in most of the other you know places that she shows up. Right. You know that's she looks two dimensional as opposed it, to everybody else having more depth to them. Yeah, yeah. She almost looks cartoon-like. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I don't... I, mean, I would say she looks flat, but... Not <laughs> no. Um, did you notice when when Lobo is busting out of the, uh, the violet crystal, there's images on those shattered crystals? <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, I didn't. Yeah, it shows you your greatest love. And it's basically showing, like, a bunch of random alien women. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I thought, was a very nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like you had mentioned, and I completely overlooked, there was the, the little uh, probably Guardian character that's stealing all the entities. Right. And... In Las Vegas now, which we learned in the issue before last, or the last issue, that uh, that's where the Predator is. Right. 
So we know that's coming. Oh, and like you were saying with the art, the the parts that really kind of that I didn't like so much were when he was drawing Dexter. Right, I agree. Yeah, the draw is just like really weird. But other than that, you know, it's this is this is a very basic you know fight 'em up issue, and yeah. with with a couple of like little things here and there thrown in to connect it to the overall story. Right. You know, you, one thing that was interesting was the uh, the panel where the, like all four of the uh, the you know basically guardian the new guardians have Lobo all ch- chained up, and you're seeing like some of their their creations, their ring creations. Right. And, you know, Hal's got a bunch of, like, uh, pilots and soldiers and some planes and tanks. Carol has planes and plane simulators and stuff. Dexter has a giant knife. <laughs> um, Sinestro has, like, I don't know, alien-looking shapes. And Atrocitus has a Gundam. Is that a Gundam? <laughs> it's basically what it looks like. <laughs> and a whole bunch of teeth. Yeah. Well, yeah. The other thing is like some kind of like worm creature. But next to right, him, right, that right. that robot. That's funny. Yeah. So it turns out the Trocitus was behind the whole thing. Right. And Lobo has a red ring now. Oh my God! Yes. I just realized something. Yeah. Okay, when you put on a red ring, it replaces your blood with the red rage. Right. So your heart no longer needs to beat. Lobo, like one of his big things is that he could always regenerate from even like the tiniest drop of blood. Oh. So now if they replace all of his blood (laughs) with uh, red rage... That's an interesting twist for him. Yeah, maybe he can regenerate from a flick of dandruff or something. Ah, uh, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's just preposterous. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. What uh, do we think? Oh, uh, and uh, and as I'm sure you know, all of our listeners will love to hear the uh, the little add-on at the end. Next, where in the world is Larflees? Yes. He's hanging out with Carmen San Diego, apparently. Awesome. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? So, yeah, so after that, we got something which was a complete surprise to me. And not you, right. because I, I ruined the surprise for you. I didn't ruin it. Well, did you know that it was going to be? Oh, God, no, no. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the the story ends, and then, like, the very next page is... You see Dexter as a kitten. Yes. I love that page. That's the page that I was that I wanted to try and get. That's a really nice looking page. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it turns out Dexter, the rage cat, is an Earth cat, of just a blue Earth cat, and uh, woman takes takes Dexter in, uh, loves it. Dexter grows a little and. Um, there's a burglar in the middle of the night that ends up killing Dexter's owner. The, the the cops come, basically just kick the cat out because it was in the way. Then Dexter, or Dexter, who is actually Dexter in the story. Yeah, Dexter is uh he's down in an alley 
hiding in a cardboard box because now he has nowhere to go. And some random hoodlums throw him in a bag and toss him off a bridge. Uh, at which point the Red Ring comes, finds him, transforms him into Rage Cat, and uh, he goes and he takes his revenge on those people that just tossed him in the uh, the water with a vow, and then he makes a little vow that he's going to find the one that killed his owner because he's a good kitty. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> Real quick though, in like the first part, the first panel of this, you see that she's wearing a wedding ring and an engagement ring, so she's obviously married at this point. And then that is what the burglar, that's on her nightstand. And that's what the burglar's getting ready to take. Right. Now, obviously she's sleeping alone. Yes. Are we to assume that she's now divorced by this point? Um, or widowed. Right. Oh, that, that's true. I would say mo- more likely widowed. She still has all the pictures everywhere. Yeah, she has tons of pictures, and the fact that she still wears both rings right. would make me think that it's, you know, widow. Okay, and if you want my honest opinion about this, I, I'm going to pretend like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> this sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked a lot. I mean, okay, I'm comfortable with the fact that we're reading a comic book about space-traveling aliens who have power rings and whatnot, (laughs) but where I have a problem with it, are we to assume this is New York, right? I would definitely say so. Yeah, it's, it's in Brooklyn. Okay, so, because, you know, his master was killed, you know, that sucks. And then he was thrown off a bridge. A red ring happens to be traveling towards Earth. In New York City, mind you. (laughs) The most rage-filled person or being is a kitty cat? (laughs) Come on now. Well. I'm not saying it has to find the most rage-filled person on Earth. Yeah. But you're trying to tell me in New York City there's nobody else who has more rage in their heart than a kitty cat? Well, you know, I mean, what you have to wonder is how long, you know, like what's the time frame here from the master being killed until, you know, Dexter ends up being tossed over the bridge? You know, because, like, I mean, if if that's all happening, like, within the course of, like, two nights... Which it could be, you know, it, it very well could be. It could be, like, the, the same night. Like, if this is all happening on the same night, like, the master has just been killed. So, you know, this person that's been, like, loving loving Dexter and treating it really good uh, and, you know, just overall, like, a great home for a cat that nobody else wanted. All of a sudden, the master gets killed, the cat gets kicked to the street, and then gets tossed in a bag and thrown over the bridge. I mean, like, you're talking about massive amounts of loss and, you know, rage at these people that that are stealing you and tossing you over to die. I'm not disputing that, but it's a cat. (laughs) Well... It's a kitty cat. 
Well, a cat has a lot of rage in its heart anyway. Well, no, cats are evil, but that doesn't mean they have that much rage in their heart. How big is his heart? Come on, he can't have that much rage in there. It's overflowing with rage. That's how much rage is in it. I don't know. No, this never happens. <laughs> well, I'll give you that first page is gorgeous. Yeah. And the way he looks up in that, that bottom panel yeah. is just awesome. But yeah. is Chip from Earth? Well, well, you know, I, I'm gonna let Dan respond to this, you know, on his own. Uh, but but one one point that he did make that I'd like to you know steal basically is that this this ring, like, okay, the cat's name is Dexter. The cat's name is clearly Dexter. Right. It says it says so on the nameplate. Right. And yet when the red ring comes to Earth, it mispronounces his name as Dex yeah. Star. And yet it finds Batman and says Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, like as as Dan says, like this is the first uh the first ring that doesn't know how to pronounce people's name. So I mean like and the fact that the cat is blue Makes me wonder if perhaps Dexter isn't a you know isn't originally from Earth and it moved to Earth to take up residence there from some other foreign planet. Was it rocketed to Earth because its little kitty parents knew the their planet was going to blow up, and then instead of landing in Kansas, it landed in New York City. No, it it was probably something far more rage filled. <laughs> Well, if you look in the box, yeah, the kitty to his left, which would be our right, is missing part of his ear, and the other one is tore up. Oh, snap. So maybe they're just, you know, please get him out of here. Please take him. <laughs> yeah, maybe he had rage in his heart before then. Right. That one cat's missing a nice uh, Dexter-sized chunk of his ear. Yeah. Yeah, now I wonder if there was anything wrong with the other two cats in front. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's that's a nice catch. I didn't even put that together. Now, are we to assume that he is blue? Yeah. I mean, like, blue-blue? Like, true blue. Have you ever seen a blue cat? Well, no. Okay, so, when she's looking at this box of cats, there's <laughs> one blue cat in there. I want that one! Like, yeah. Oh, it's so. Oh, look at how the poor thing's abandoned. Oh yeah, I'll take the blue one. <laughs> I want the one that hasn't gotten enough oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Can I have the Smurf kitty, please. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, given the choice of a bunch of regular cats and a blue one, I might go for the blue one. But you're not going to comment on it. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh my, how could anyone abandon these beautiful things? Especially that one. That one right there. If you're trying to point out which one you're talking about, just say <laughs> the blue fucking cat. <laughs> which one? <laughs> no, that one. Oh, the one on the left? No, that one. <laughs> oh, the blue cat? That's the one. Yeah, that one. I told you, that one. Oh, yes. That is an excellent point. <laughs> no, no, not that one. <laughs> Looked like a Vander Holyfield after the Tyson fight. No, no, not that one either. Okay, on that note, 
Let's go over to Green Lantern Corps number 49, where Jason, you're going to give oh. us an excellent uh, synopsis of this one. Well, I don't know about all that, but I will definitely try to muddle through this, because this will be my first synopsis that I've ever tried to do. Nice. Awesome. Um, the cover's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we start off with uh, Cyborg Superman, uh, left and right. And the center going down, those are Alpha Lanterns, right? Uh, yes. Yes, they are. Now, are they constructing a new power battery? Is that what they're doing? No, they're constructing a sector house. Oh, okay. Okay, so they're constructing a sector house um, half a parsec away. Uh, John Stewart and Boudica are on their way to... What's the planet? <laughs> Renda? Yes, Grenda. That's where Steel is from, right? Stell. Stell, my bad. Yep. Stell's from there. So they're on a mission trying to figure out uh, what's going on. She recruited him last issue for his uh, sneaky, sniper-like ways. So they're going through. Now, who is with, uh, with Lobo on here on this next page? Is that her, Budica? Yeah, yeah, when she was alive and not a robot. She gotcha. apparently had some kind of tryst. I wonder if she was one of the shards of uh, the uh, <laughs> Dark Crystal. I didn't, I didn't see her in it, but, you know, the details aren't too clear on, on those. But uh, I guess right. it's possible. So John Stewart's trying to bring her back to the light side of the Force. Um, he's pretty much calling her Robocop. She's saying that she's not a machine. She still has a heart. Uh, then we look down, and we see um, another lantern being uh, lantern Horak Nunununat being uh, operated on, or about to be, or just have been. Uh, John Stewart is in his uh, sniper gear, which looks pretty cool. Uh, Marines never leave the man behind. Then he gets attacked by attacked by Boudica. Fight ensues. Backup Alpha Lanterns happen. Meanwhile, back on Oa, uh, Kyle's groggy, waking up. Oh, is that Jade in my bed? <laughs> no. <laughs> Saronic was not too happy about uh, his mumbling through <laughs> his dream that he was having. Ganthet rolls in. Hot Saronic Natu jumps out of bed. <laughs> Again, it tells him about a quest that needs to start happening. Oh, God, Jason. What? <laughs> oh, man. You don't like my synopsis? You got to you gotta pick it up. You got to pick it up. My bad. Okay. Um, he turns. There's uh, accordions. They look unhappy. <laughs> this, is, this is better. <laughs> Kyle gets it. It's ironic. Fly away. <laughs> They come out of hyperspace. They're looking to find John Stewart laying. He just got his ass worked. <laughs> Cyborg Superman's getting ready to do some uh, some operating. And <laughs> cosmic surgery. Yes. Looks like he's got Molar from uh, from Eternia to do some dental work. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So so let, let's start at the beginning here. Like, oh. I think uh, 
if if you had never read a, a Green Lantern comic before, like maybe you wouldn't know who this character on the fir- the first page is. Right. But I mean, like, like seriously, like you know, the one half looks exactly like Superman. The other half looks exactly like a cyborg. You know, like a robot. So see how you put that together, cyborg and cyborg Superman. Superman. Yeah. Oh snap, son. <laughs> so I mean, like, it comes as no surprise, but then it's like the last page is supposed to be like this, you know, reveal. Dun, dun, dun. Like, oh, it's Cyborg Superman. Really? <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, right. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I enjoy what they're doing here to some extent. I think I think they're setting up for what's going to be a good story. Right. It's a good story as long as I'll try to explain it. <laughs> well, I, th- this this issue this issue was not probably the best example for you to start with with uh, synopsis. Yeah, thanks for giving that one to me. I appreciate. <laughs> Jim said, "I'll take Green Lantern. You take Green Lantern Core, okay? What am I supposed to say? No. I mean, your show, brother. You know." Uh, about um anything other than that. Yeah. Yeah, but like, this, okay. Here's here's some of my issues with this with this uh this issue. That was that didn't come out right. Your issue with the issue. <laughs> my issues with the issue. First off, on the the second page, they're constructing a sector house, right? Okay. But it looks exactly like a power battery. Right. Like, you actually thought it was a power battery. Yeah. It well, wasn't. I'm an idiot, though. Well, but they don't say it until, like, much later on, and it's just kind of, like, you know, said in passing. It's like, oh, it's a sector house. Oh, okay. So you got that. Like, something that, I don't know if I said this with the last issue, or, you know, if I said it to somebody else about this issue, but with, with John Stewart, like, up until now... He's had a, a decent character, but his core motivation has always really been the the Zanchi thing, you know. Right. You know, overcoming that and making up for it, and his military background, and that was basically it. That was that was his whole thing. Now, after Blackest Night, they've taken away that whole Zanchi motivation. <sighs> oh God. This issue sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, have you ever seen The Last Starfighter? Yeah, I love that movie. Okay, me too. Now, on the page where uh, you have past Boudica, um hugging onto uh, the motorcycle. Yes. The the frame right above that of her with the, the red shield over her left eye. Yes. You remember in The Last Starfighter, like, what do we do now? We die. <laughs> that exact same thing. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man, that movie is awesome. Oh, I love that movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh man. Yeah. Um, that was probably what the first movie that was based on a video game that was awesome. Yes. <laughs> was Tron before that? Was Tron based on a video game? Uh, I think the video game came afterward, but same difference. <laughs> That's like saying, was He-Man based on a toy? 
<laughs> oh god okay well as much as i enjoyed talking about the last starfighter for a minute we have to get back to this mess that is green lantern we Corps. really have to i l listen you know i i don't like john stewart's character in this issue right it's it's boring it's boring, and you have the whole thing with Boudica, and she's, like, trying to convince him that I'm still here. Everything about me is the same. Yet, meanwhile, like, everything that she's done as an Alpha Lantern before this point clearly shows that that is absolutely not the case. Isn't this kind of reminiscent of the Black Lanterns? In what way? No, no, I'm still the same person I was. I love you. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that, yeah, that that is a good point. And, like to go with what you're saying she's basically doing it because she's already under the control of cyborg superman um, we don't know who it is yet <laughs> listen listen <laughs> you know you know because you read those issues you read sinestro core war that's true so oh and you know again stell completely disassembled a little pile in the corner I like. I'd love to read a story where Stell doesn't get disassembled. No disassemble. No disassemble. I mean, like they're trying to build him up as like this, you know, this major character, and yet he's always getting his ass handed to him every single time. He is the new Kilowog, right? Yeah, yeah. He is the new Kilowog, and they they basically said, "Oh yeah, you should probably go to your home planet because." Uh, the the entire population has gone silent. So good luck with that. You you have fun with your now completely silent population. Even though you're supposed to also be training all the recruits, we're not even going to send any help with you. Have fun. Right. Yeah. And he, and he ends up getting completely disassembled. And, you know, I, the other thing is he's got a power ring. So why doesn't he use that to reassemble himself? Right. You know, it's like if you had a crash test dummy with a, a green ring, like, you would think that they would just put the pieces back together with the ring. And then, didn't Kilowog say, no, I got my perfect replacement? <laughs> you know the guy that always gets his ass worked? Yeah. The guy that, you know, always comes back different because he gets the snot kicked out of him? Yeah, him. Yeah. He's going to train our recruits. <laughs> I think Kilowog just wanted a little break, <laughs> but wanted his job back. So, let's see. Who can I get that's going to do eh, but <laughs> when it comes down to it, if they try to test me, I'm whooping their ass. Yeah. I got an idea. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't doubt, like, at all that Kilowog could, could beat his ass also. Oh, dude, that's, like, before Sunday breakfast. <laughs> you know, the other thing is, like, there's a shitload of Alpha Lanterns roaming around this planet. Like, that doesn't that doesn't show up as a blip on the Guardians' radar at all? Yeah, right. Are they trying to offset that by, you know, when, when Gantt's talking and he's like, oh, you know, we would have acted, but if we took it to the Guardians, they'd have spent the next ten days debating it. Is he trying to say that they're so caught up in the minutiae of everything else that they're not going to see the forest for the trees? I think that's how he's justifying just going without telling them. But, I mean, 
like realistically, like this is a big deal. So I don't I don't think that they would take that long to to figure out. Like they they've come up with like split second decisions on like a ton of topics. They repealed a law after like Salak. Yeah, they repealed a law after Salak went in and gave him gave him some crap about how you better repeal this law or else you know blah 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 and they yeah, said but... yeah you know what he's right let's repeal a law in the book of Oa I, that's like but that's someone like... had to bring it to their attention though right but they're, and, and, they're and, not and... I don't think that they're paying attention to everything that's going on I right. think that they're like whoo what about that blackest night <laughs> that sucks right but and like yeah they 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 have plenty of things to occupy their minds but as soon as somebody brought it to their attention which was like oh, sure. one of the biggest things that they've ever done a law create a law and they erase the law you know like that's a that's pretty quick and that's pretty progressive for a guardian to do right i just think that ganther doesn't trust him and doesn't want to include him in anything right yeah that's that's basically what it comes down to because if you had told him about this like uh yeah now there's like 40 alpha lanterns hovering around this planet that we don't have any contact with whatsoever um it's like okay well let's form an army and go wipe them out right or cut off their batteries yeah they're all fighting on cybertron so yeah <laughs> oh no there's a ring around it's unicorn oh okay okay yeah <laughs> what, a chainsaw ring <laughs> what you see the ring around uh oh. Renda? Yeah, what what page was that? The uh, second or third page. Oh yeah, yeah. The chainsaw blade. Yeah, that's awesome. Well I guess if it comes in contact with any other planets, it'll soar right through. Like hey Mogo, come here. Oh god. Yeah, if if they go that route where now Grenda becomes a, a sentient robotic planet. I hope they don't do that. Right. What you call it? So, so then we have Kyle, who is seeing Jade in his bed. <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah, it is. Uh, Ganthet just comes in in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh. Like, hey, I know you're probably knocking boots, bumping some uglies, but I got a question for you. My apologies for intruding. It's nothing I haven't seen before, because I've seen everything. <laughs> we watch you. We watch all of you. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's not like it's it's that uh, uncommon for them to just come right in, because uh, actually, actually, Ganthet knocked. Right. Twice. Yeah, yeah, he knocked, and and then they opened the door. You know, that's a lot better than say. The last issue where the the rookie is basically sitting in his room and they basically just abduct him through the window. <laughs> right. And then the most interesting thing in this entire issue, <laughs> on the planet Quard, they find the white net that was created in Brightest Day number three by Dead Man's White Power Ring. Which I had read this before I read Brightest Day number three. Really? Well, I got my shipment from DCBS on Wednesday. Yeah. And three and four 
we're in uh, we're in that shipment. And the first thing I read, of course, was Green Lantern, then Green Lantern Corps. And I'm like, oh, I guess I should have read Brightest Day number three first. <laughs> I would say so. I I think it's bizarre that this is tying into to Brightest Day. Right. But I mean, having said that, well, first off, there there's a white net creation that uh you know showed up in Brightest Day number three, and it stuck around. Right. Did he create the net? Hmm? Yes. So, so instead of just being a construct, it's a creation? I, I guess. It is the white ring. Yeah. So you have this white energy thing. Um, but then to the forefront comes this other weaponier of Quard who says, Don't touch it. Would you grab a live power line barehanded? Now step away. My need for energy is greater than yours. Now, do they have power lines on Quard? I I don't see why not, because they're the weaponeers. Mm-hmm. So You don't think they would have figured out a better way? Well, I mean, considering that Oa apparently has power lines that go directly into the, the central power battery. Okay. <laughs> I'm just being argumentative. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. But, I mean... I'm guessing that this is supposed to be like Krona or something. Oh, really? I, that's my guess. I mean, it's got to be okay. somebody like somebody of note. Um, they do have those sweet helmets. <laughs> and his costume is, uh, it, it looks a little more, I don't know, it just looks a little nicer than the other, the other costumes. A little more decorated? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, instead of the, the stars for a general, he has the orbs? Yeah, he has the orbs on his shoulders, and his chest plate is like a, like a shiny orb. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be somebody, but... Um, now, is that magnifying glass supposed to be collecting energy? <laughs> I... I don't know... <laughs> Um, so he says, my need for energy is greater than yours. Yeah, I I guess I took it as a scanner device. Okay. It looks like a magnifying glass to me. Yeah. That's why I figured like he was using it to scan the device to determine its power nature so that he could use it or something. Okay. And then when he says, my need uh, for energy is greater than yours, if you look in the background, the three guys are like, what a dick. Yeah. You look at the looks on their faces. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like, is he an actual weaponeer of Quard? Push him in, push him in. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so. And then more fighting. Like you said, Jon Stewart laid out by Boudica. Right. Whose name sounds oddly like Booty Call. <laughs> well, that was Lobo. <laughs> During okay. a fight. Let's see. Anything else? No. Last page. John Stewart is about to be transformed into an alpha lantern. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That was the issue. That was it. Oh yeah, and the big reveal that it's it's Cyborg Superman. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't see that one coming. Hey, so where's he bleeding from? His back. That's convenient. Actually, 
Yeah, because I think she zapped him in his back. Okay. Or, I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now, now, what you were saying about the cover, like, you thought that the cover looked nice, right? Yeah, I thought the cover looked cool. Now, I was looking at the cover, and something occurred to me. Like, if you have a green ring, you could do anything with it. You could create any armor that right. you could possibly imagine, right? Like Kyle? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, Kyle creates an armor that is essentially restricting his arm movement. <laughs> It's like he's, like, flailing around <laughs> because he can't move his arms from the armor. I mean, how stupid is that? Like, you have everybody else, like, Jon Stewart's like, he's got the gun and he's diving in. Ganthet is, you know, he's got the ring, you know, ready, raring to go, and he's diving in. Everybody else is, like, coming at you like they're going to attack you. And then you have Kyle, who's just like, Yo, word! <laughs> he walks, goes... <laughs> Drop it. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's so ornate, there's no purpose to it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that one... Uh, that's, a little, that's a little weak to me. I mean, it's a cool design, it's just like... It just looks not like it functional. serves no purpose. Yeah, no, not at all. Alright, well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we call train wreck podcasting. I call it baptism by fire. Hey, we're going to have you do a synopsis today. Awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, well, that's good. Okay. So, let's uh, let's take a quick break and, I don't know, we'll come back with something. Cool. Connection complete. Frequency 915 encryption successful. The line has been secured. Attention recruits. Secret Corpse Lantern Kroll reporting with a fair file update. Sector 2814's cybernetic organism Hank Henshaw, designate codename Cyborg Superman, has been spotted in Sector 3009. He is an extreme threat and must not be directly confronted without permission. His powers include that of Superman. Increased strength, speed, and durability. He also possesses acute senses, x-ray, heat, and laser vision. In truth, Henshaw is an electronic organism who can transfer his consciousness into nearly any machine. He can manipulate and reconfigure technological devices to suit his whims. His sole weakness is his mental state. To understand this, you must understand how he came to be. Know your enemy. Hank Henshaw started his career as an astronaut along with his wife and two other crew members when they were exposed to a solar flare which caused their ship to crash. They were mutated by the flare but became biologically and possibly mentally unstable. After battling with Superman, the two other crew members committed suicide, and while he himself was rapidly decomposing, Henshaw, with the aid of Superman, used a nearby LexCorp facility to save his wife. After his physical body expired, Henshaw's consciousness transferred itself into the LexCorp mainframe. While inside the computer system, he fashioned a robotic body that he used to help visit his wife. But it was too much for the female and she went insane and eventually committed suicide. Stricken with grief, he traveled around the world bouncing from satellite to satellite until he accidentally stumbled upon the ship Superman traveled from Krypton in. From this birthing matrix, he gained knowledge of Krypton and Kryptonian DNA before leaving to explore the universe. 
However, through his exploration and research, he learned of a battle where Superman threw an enemy into the sun. Henshaw believed this caused the solar flare that afflicted his crew, and quickly became delusional and fixated his rage on Superman, and eventually, all life forms. He abhors all life, and even though it doesn't seem possible, he wishes to end his own. Through the years, he has been responsible for all kinds of atrocities, such as the destruction of Coast City, and has even acquired apocalyptic technology while surviving a battle with Darkseid. Recently, he was recruited by the Manhunters as their new Grandmaster, where he upgraded them with Kryptonian technology. He even began experimenting with Green Lanterns and their connection to the Green Central Power Battery. Henshaw was last actively seen wielding yellow rings during the Sinestro Core War when he aligned himself with Sinestro and the Anti-Monitor. It was reported that he was destroyed when the corpse detonated the Yellow Central Power Battery on Earth. I repeat, Henshaw is an extreme threat and must not be taken lightly. He seems to have a death wish and can be mentally unstable. The Corps must learn how best to harness this in case he becomes an active threat. Use the knowledge I have given you wisely. It has come at the cost of lives. I must now return to my cover or risk discovery. Secret Corpse Lantern Kroll, signing off. Now I'm going to do another little quick segment that I like to call if the universe wiped you from existence, I wouldn't mind one bit. In fact, I'd probably be happy about it. <laughs> That's the name of the segment. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Well, wow. One more time. One more time. If the universe wiped you from existence, I wouldn't mind one bit. In fact, I'd probably be pretty happy about it. Okay. Now this segment. We're doing shirts of that, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, this this uh this segment is dedicated to me. Well, I'll I'll, I'll no, I'll dedicate it to a couple of things. But first and foremost, I'd like to dedicate it to the Hooters in Farmingdale, Long Island, <laughs> because I went there tonight hoping to have a nice dinner. And Hold on a second. Did you just say have a nice dinner at Hooters? Yeah, I like Hooters food. Oh, okay. I, I find it overpriced. And... <laughs> I mean, you go for the, the atmosphere. You don't really go for the food, right? You know, here, here, here's my, my rationalization for, for Hooters. The atmosphere is nice. I definitely like the atmosphere. But I do really enjoy the food. Like, the uh, you know, their chicken is fantastic. Their sauces are really good. Um, but also, like, because of the nature of the restaurant, like, the the one thing that they excel at is service, you know? Like, they want to make you happy so that you tip more. Like, that's right. the whole, that's the whole thing. That's their one draw. So, I went there tonight to have dinner, and it didn't happen, because me and my buddy Eric... We sat down, and after 20 minutes, no waitress had come over to, to t even take a drink order. What? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So after 20 minutes, no drink order. It's like, okay, are, are we going to just, you know, are we going to keep sticking around and, you know, waiting for this? I'm like, I got to record eventually anyway. So, and then this was after we'd rescheduled, so right. I wasn't going to end up rescheduling again. So... Yeah, so we, we ended up leaving, and 
And really, they, they, that, that really pissed me off because, like, you know, I was going there to eat, and there had a ton of waitresses, and the place was not packed, especially for a Friday night, when, which is when we were recording this. It really just it pissed me off. So, you know what, Hooters in Farmingdale, Long Island? If the universe wiped you from existence, I wouldn't mind one bit. In fact, I'd probably be pretty happy about it. <sighs> that felt better. Um, <laughs> the other thing... Hold on a second, hold on a second. Let me do my nice little pun. Are you glad to get that off your chest? <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> it took a second, but I put it together. I got you. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, now, the, the the other things that I want to also mention in this this uh, this bit, the the way that they decided to bring about the next Superman storyline. We talked about this last episode. Oh, right. Pimp slap. Yeah, the woman slapping Superman because he didn't cure her husband's cancer. Cancer with his laser vision and x-ray vision, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you just know saved what? the planet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That that whole concept, that's what I'm dedicating. So you know what, concept? If the universe wiped you from existence, <laughs> I wouldn't mind one bit. In fact, I'd probably be pretty happy about it. That's so, <laughs> that's, that's my little rage segment. <laughs> that so needs to be a t-shirt. In uh, red letters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I feel better now, actually. <laughs> now, let's see. Do we have anything else? I don't think so. Let's uh, let's wrap this episode up, then. Fresh. I'm crippled for <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to email us, we're at lanterncast at gmail dot com, or you can email us at jim, dan, or jason at lanterncast dot com. You can go to our website, which is lanterncast dot com. There, you will find links to our forum. In case that forum is down, there's the temporary <laughs> forum. Um, in case you don't want to go to the temporary forum, we also have a Facebook page, and also on our website you can see a tutorial on how to create your own Red Lantern power battery. There is a voicemail number, and that voicemail number is 206-600-7357, and when we started doing the wrap-up, that's when I activated my web browser to get to the webpage, which has our voicemail number. Nice. It, and it just came up at the very last second. So it's awesome. perfect timing. <laughs> um, we're also on iTunes. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us a review. That would be awesome. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Good night. And good evening.
I found uh, one more of the figures I needed for kilowatts. Which one? I found Kat Matsui. I would figure that she would be the the more difficult one to find. Went into Toys R Us today after work. Yeah. I mean, I'm dead tired. I just gotta go check out Toys R Us. <laughs> so, uh, they had a, a full stock, and they've had Wave 12 out for since I've been looking for the rest of them since Father's Day. Yeah. And they had every single one but the question. That's the last one I need, so I was kind of pissed. So then they called the other three Toys R Us's in Vegas. Yeah. They're all out. <laughs> I'm looking for the question. Well, sir, you just you just asked me a question. <laughs> uh, Can I find the question, please? <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I have a story about that. Um, Lauren, she got this perfume as like a, like a trial size. Uh-huh. And... Like, she really, really enjoyed the perfume, and I liked it, too. And she's like, well, if you really like it, you, you could, you know, go get it for me. She's like, you know, right. they have it at Ulta. It's uh, it's called Unconditional Love, and it's made by Philosophy. So, uh, you know, like, I happened to remember it the other day. I go into Ulta, and I didn't remember who it was by. So I'm, like, looking around, looking around, wandering, have no <laughs> idea where this is. Finally, a, a salesperson comes up to me and says, uh, can I help you? Are you looking for something? I said, yes, <laughs> I'm looking for unconditional love. <laughs> oh, man. I told my wife that later on, and, oh, she was she was laughing. She got a kick out of that. Right? That's funny. Mm. <laughs> I need unconditional love. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 